Welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign should say, sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business, just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's.
Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6, right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. Remember, our digital platforms, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app. Download for your smartphone or tablet. That's absolutely free. And, of course, you can take the show with you anywhere. Also, uh, NashFM106.1.com, EricAsher.com. Check out the show there. And, of course, our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base. We're on your favorite podcasting platform. So uh, check us out. Uh, Usually the show is posted about 20 minutes after the program ends. And, you know, a lot of people that uh, notice on just on the statistics, uh, some are right there waiting, uh, you know, for the show to be posted. And some, again, check it out at their leisure. Some kind of come back weeks later and check out shows. So, again, it's there for you. It's there for you 24-7, 365. So enjoy the show uh, whenever you feel like enjoying the show. Uh, if you can't make it each and every weekday afternoon right here on 106.1 uh, FM Nash Icon. Uh, today on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, Jordy Collada. Um, can, can I say, I think the ball's still going. Knocked it out the park. Might, might hit the dome. Uh, just a, just a great guest, insightful, intelligent, uh, great knowledge. knows it knows the the, uh, the Louisiana sports, and of course his uh, his show, the Jordy Carlotta show, is now expanded to WAFB's website and WAFB Plus. So those of us uh, again in the New Orleans area, if you can't, if you're not picking him up on YouTube, which you should, show is seven to nine weekdays. But again, you catch it on anytime on YouTube, the Jordy Carlotta show. You could catch it. Um, you catch it on the WAB, uh, AFB uh, website and, of course, uh, WAFB Plus, which is, again, um, for those that have cut the cord on, on cable or, or, again, satellite television. Uh, but he did a great job. He did an absolutely great job. Saints, LSU, got into NIL. Again, a lot of changes in NIL, uh, including, again, what has happened with the state of Louisiana, which he told us about on this radio show and our TV show months ago about the bill that was going to go through the legislature. It flew through. Again, there, there were no dissenters. Uh, that now gives Louisiana op- uh, Louisiana colleges, Louisiana universities, an opportunity to be able to take advantage of uh, of NIL, uh, and uh, you know, kind of be a, a conduit uh, for those businesses uh, that that, that want to get involved in NIL. And um, it, um, it it's really good news because again, the the state of Louisiana, uh, especially LSU, was way behind uh, in terms of being able to offer NIL. But now Louisiana schools can directly or indirectly arrange third-party compensation for student-athletes through NIL. Uh, Jordy broke that down for us. Uh, Sankey, the, uh, the uh, SEC commissioner, had, 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 uh, has been trying to enact uniform NIL law. Okay, but that, that, the, the, the Congress is not going to touch that. And, of course, we know when this happened because of Ken Trahan and the great job that Christie Sports uh, does when it comes to high, co- high school sports. They've been all over the fact that, again, that Louisiana high school athletes now can profit off their NIL, their name, image, and likeness. So, again, uh, uh, also collectives of, of boosters, businesses cannot be involved in recruiting or, or the transfer portal. Uh, but there's – I don't want to say there's, that there's a reach around on that, but, again, uh, LSU seems to have figured that out as well. So, you know, this is good news for all the state schools when it comes to NIL. Uh, the law has changed, and, and of course, uh, John Bell Edwards, uh, governor of Louisiana, signed it. It was one of the one of the uh, topics we really got into uh, with uh, Jordy Collada today. Talk briefly about LSU baseball, football, basketball. 
uh, and of course went heavy Saints, Pelicans, and we even talked about the Breakers who are in the Final Four, uh, again, of the USFL playoffs, which start next week. So again, check us out. Today on the program, well, we got a, a jam-packed show for you, as we usually do on a Thursday. Uh, Gary Smith is going to join us. He's got a lot of news on Tulane. Tulane baseball, uh, the American Athletic Conference, as we, as we mentioned on this program last week, is officially now expanding in 2023. There'll be a 14-school league, so we'll get into that. Uh, the NCAA is working on new windows for, for transfer portal, so I'll talk to him about that as well. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get in that with, uh, with Gary Smith. Fletcher Mackle will join us at 435. He's been at Saints Minicamp. Obviously, he's, he's plugged into what's going on with the, with the Pels, and, uh, and we'll talk about the Pels and Saints with him. By the way, the black helmets are back. Uh, those of us that grew up in New Orleans, that, that again, back in the, uh, in, in the late 60s, when the Saints were first uh, an infant, infant franchise, known in 69, uh, in that preseason, uh, the Saints donned some black helmets uh, when they took on the San Diego Chargers. And, of course, at that point, the, the NFL and, 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 uh, and Pete Rozelle went bonkers because you couldn't make arbitrary changes to the uniform code without permission from the NFL and NFL properties. So that, that helmet has been kind of like folklore, right? Uh, but that helmet is back, or at least a version of it. And the Saints will utilize that a couple of times during the season. So we'll talk to Fletch about that at 5 at 435. Ali Cassell comes in to talk Pels with us. Looks like, again, both the, uh, uh, the Pels and Zion Williamson are on the same page when it comes to a contract. We'll get into that eighth pick next week. And, of course, tonight's game six um, uh, in the, in the – uh, NBA Finals uh, in Boston. So, again, a, a chance for the Boston to be able to um, t- not up this series at three and going for a game seven on, um, on uh, a game seven uh, in San Francisco. Uh, Mike Triplett joins us at 535 from ESPN. We'll get his postmortem on what's happening with the Saints and, of course, minicamp. Today's program brought to you by my good friends over at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. And I've said it before, the Bader brothers are just, an, again, incredible assets to this city. Um, what they've been able to do in transforming uh, buildings that were falling apart, dilapidated buildings in the quarter, and, and turn those into world, world-renowned restaurants are, are, are second to none. Uh, and they continue to do this. And they're always looking for opportunities to be able to upgrade for this city. And, uh, again, it shows in, 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 the, in, in the restaurants that they've developed. Uh, you know, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant out here in Metairie. Uh, you know, Old New Orleans Cookery, which is the mothership, the first. Uh, uh, of course, Mambo's, which now where they took a strip club that was uh, nothing with problems on Bourbon Street, uh, went in, t- completely renovated the, the building from, from bottom to top, and, of course, even put it in a rooftop bar that you've never had before on Bourbon Street and had to jump through so many hoops with the city just to get it done. Uh, again, just part of what they do. And, of course, Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, You've got to check out Old New Orleans Cookery as well. Uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, again, 205 Bourbon Street. This half hour brought to you by Old New Orleans Cookery. Open uh, seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Open late. I, I keep stressing that because it's true. You know, I saw something the other day, a sticker that says uh, NOLA 24-7. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, now, again, late night to eat, you gotta, you're looking around. You can't find anything unless you're going to the Oceana family of restaurants. First of all, the menu, fantastic. Cajun Creole cuisine. Uh, and I'm telling you, there'll be, you'll find something on that menu you'll definitely enjoy. An extraordinary cocktail made by some of the best mixologists in all, in all of New Orleans. And I'm not, I'm, that, that is not hyperbole. I'm telling you, incredible, incredible cocktails. Uh, and then, of course, two Bourbon Street balconies with, a, with adjoining private rooms. You, they utilize that for overflow on, on days where they don't have an event. But I'm telling you, 
you want to have an event right there on Bourbon Street. You got, you're right there, second or third floor, depending on where you want to be. You're on Bourbon Street, 200 block, where, again, the revelry is there. Get out there and enjoy, again, one of those Bourbon Street balconies. Also in a courtyard and beautiful picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street. So a lot of ways for you to be able to enjoy uh, seating over at the Onuwan Cookery. To find out more, go to nolacookery.com. Again, great dining experience for friends, family, maybe date night. Uh, also, again, maybe trying to close that deal. Uh, it's on Bourbon Street, the 200 block of Bourbon Street to be exact. It's always a good time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, we have a lot to talk about today with Gary Smith of um, NOLA.com, the Wave Report. And, of course, uh, if you're on the Wave Report already, you already know this. Okay, it's done. Okay, Gary's already probably posted it for you. You got the stories. You know, you know the skinny. You got it all. And, of course, he's with us today as he is each and every Thursday. Uh, to talk some uh, Tulane and local uh, local uh, colleges, and today we'll concentrate on the Tulane Green Wave. Gary, welcome to the show. How are you today, my friend? Um, a day away from vacation, heading from my headed to my annual vac- family vacation in Destin um, for the week, but Beautiful. that doesn't start till tomorrow. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, again, yeah. um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to you having that vacation because again, it's been nonstop. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, let, why don't we start off with again the uh, the, the American Athletic Conference mm-hmm. officially expanding to 14 teams in 2023. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, we talked about it at the time um, when they got these additions. Um, I, I wasn't impressed <laughs> with the additions the American Athletic Conference was getting in, but really there, there were no good answers. I mean, there, when teams leave your league, you're not going to replace them with teams that are as good as they are. Um, that, that, that's just the reality of it. But, yeah, the, the, the American Athletic Conference officially announced the start date. I think it's, it'll be July 1st of, of, of next year for, for North Texas, Rice, University of Texas at San Antonio, um, UAB, Charlotte, and um, and Florida Atlantic University, they'll be replacing Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, which are all leaving for the Big 12. They finalized their departure date, which will be June 30th next year. So it'll be a new era for the league. Um, baseball, the league might get slightly better, but obviously all these decisions are made for football, and uh, there's not a whole lot good to say about the, the newcomers. UAB is an up-and-coming program right now. UTS, Texas San Antonio, is an up-and-coming program, so they, they could – they might not hurt the league coming in. The, the, the rest of the the rest of the programs, I don't know whether they're going to help so much. It's going to be you know, it's going to be on Tulane to uh, to start winning, and and, and it, it'll be an easier league for Tulane than than in the past. And it's a league where Tulane's going to need to show that they can compete for championships every year, which is a position they have not been in for a long time in, in football. Um, so Tulane's got to take the bull by the horns themselves and and and, and, well, and, just, and just win more. <laughs> I'm with you, Gary. You and I talked about it uh, before. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, Tulane fans are upset because they weren't mm-hmm. invited to the Big 12. Right. But, again, you never won the Americans, so how can mm-hmm. you be expected to be offered to go to the Big yeah. 12? This yeah. is an opportunity with maybe stepping down in class a bit mm-hmm. in terms of, again, the, the, the overall strength of the league, that if you can dominate this league, the next round of, of expansion, you will yeah. be involved in it. There will be a, a, a bigger conference that will, will want to absorb you, but you've got to prove it in this conference. Yeah, exactly. Tulane just has not been in that position, Not even, honestly not even close to that position. The, the, the selling point was that it was in New Orleans. But, uh, but in terms of on-the-field product, Willie Fritz has done a great job with the football program, but he has not yet been able to take that next step where Tulane's beating the top teams in the league. Um, it just wasn't viable for Tulane to be considered with the results of have been on the field for 
for for a long, long time now. Um, and, and yeah, that that's the next step. Is that this will be an easier league? There, there's no question <laughs> about that. They're not replacing Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF with equivalent football programs. So it's incumbent on Tulane to to win and and to to, to beat these teams and to 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 be right there near the top. And Tulane's never been really only one year in, in the since they joined the AAC has Tulane not had a losing record in the league. That that has to change. Gary, how do you see the league splitting up? Will it be north, south, east, west? Uh, is it going to be seven teams in 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 a, in a division? Uh, are they going to go with four divisions, pods like the SEC is talking about doing? How are they going to? How is the? Div- yeah. How is it going to look? I don't think I think they may go divisionless. That seems to be the trend in in, in sports right now um, nationally. Um, if I, I think it would be the more traditional, it would be a two division uh, break if they if they went with that. But I have a feeling they may just go with fourteen teams, um, and then the the best two teams play in a conference play in the conference championship because that that's you know, people have gotten a little sick of when you have division play where the two best teams are in the same division and then you end up with a crappy championship game. Um, I, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know I, Mike Arescu, Arescu addressed that slightly at the American Athletic Conference basketball tournament that I attended, and he said no decision had been made at that point in terms of, of what the future was going to be. But I, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to have divisions. So I think they may, it may be one huge sprawling league where then the two best teams play at the end of the year in a championship game. Tulane got some bad news this week with uh, Bennett Lee moving on to um, uh, to Wake Forest uh, and, and to play for Tom Walter. Uh, one of the reasons why, why uh, Jay Yeoman got the job was, again, to be able to try to hold on to the 15 guys that jumped in the transfer portal. Uh, he's a pretty darn good player, as, as you know and you've written about. Um, yep. uh, talk about that, and uh, and then we'll kind of get into some of the other changes that are happening within the, the, the Tulane uh, baseball program. Yeah, that was that was a loss, but I I kind of knew that was coming down the pike because um uh, I I had heard from insiders that he wanted to go to Wake Forest pretty much really before the end of the season after Travis Jewett got fired um I I I just I I had heard that was a big possibility he actually wasn't recruited by Jay Ullman um, recruiting's done so far ahead of time it was the it was a uh, Eddie Smith who ended up going to LSU and is now the head coach at Utah Valley who who recruited Bennett Lee's class but they did get some really good news today um T.O. Banks has just announced within the last two hours that he is returning to Tulane and he's, he's an absolute stud. Um, he, he missed most of the season with a thumb injury, thumb injuries plagued this team this year, the same injury that sidelined Ethan Gross for the end of the year. But boy, when he came back, he was spectacular, became the first player in the history of the AAC tournament to hit for the cycle in a tournament game. T.O. Banks is a star. Um, they absolutely had to get him back. And, and I believe in the next week or so, maybe even sooner than that, we'll be hearing that Jackson, and Lynn, their other star freshmen, will return too, which would give them all three. Brady Marquette, who had a who was a, not quite on the level of those two, but had a very solid freshman year, a lot of upside. He's already returned. Those guys that Jay Ullman recruited that were on the team this year, the hitters, I think all of those key guys are going to be back. But, but they absolutely had to get T.O. Banks back. He was a 12th-round draft pick of the Chicago Cubs coming out of high school. Would have been higher if they didn't if he was considered more signable. The teams kind of knew he was probably going to go to Tulane instead of instead of sign. He's an absolute stud, and uh, and that was that was huge news for Tulane today. But yeah, they're they're going to lose some more guys. Though I mean, he was it was never realistic that they were going to get all these guys back. I, right. I think particularly the pitchers. Um, they 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 lost Michael Massey, who didn't have a great year this year as a freshman, but had 
the most upside in terms of stuff on the staff. A, a, a live ninety mid nineties fastball, great control. He's also going to Wake Forest. He's joining Bennett Lee um, there, and then Grant Siegel, who had an, who was terrific for most of his freshman year, got injured late in the year. Um, I don't think he'll be back either. And Zach DeVito, another guy who got injured, had an elbow, but apparently it's not going to require Tommy John surgery. I don't think he'll be back either. So the pitching, they're going to, they're going to have to do some recruiting in the pitching, but, but, but these key freshman bats that, that, that made them really optimistic for the future. I think they're all going to be back. Speaking of pitching, they have a new pitching coach. Talk about it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if, 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 look, the hiring of Jay Ullman wasn't a popular decision with Tulane fans, and uh, I think a lot of them went over the edge <laughs> with, with the hiring of Anthony Izzio. Um, he was he was on the staff in 2020 when Tulane went 15 and two. He was that third assistant, the so-called volunteer assistant. They don't um, on the staff, and uh, he was very popular with the players. I, I know that much about him. He then became the pitching coach at Charleston Southern, and without good results in, in the two years he was there, they had a 5.66 ERA last year and a fat 6.73. ERA this year. Obviously, he didn't inherit a lot of talent there. But when I've talked to people whose players have been on the team with this guy, they really liked him when, when he was at Tulane. Obviously, Jay Ullman has a close relationship with him. Um, but again, I, I understand it. the fans the fans who wanted no part of Travis Jewett and thought his era should completely end. Now Tulane, two of their three main coaches <laughs> are going to be guys who have been who were hired by Travis Jewett at, at one time. So I understand the the, the frustration. I'm I'm going to I'll wait to judge. I don't I, I don't really I I don't I didn't know I never talked to the guy when he was a Tulane assistant. I barely even remembered him being on the staff since it was the COVID year when we had little contact with the team and it was only 17 games. But definitely, if they wanted to. If they wanted to win back Tulane fans, this is not the way to do it. Obviously, the way to do it is they're going to have to win games on the field because uh, I think there's a lot of unrest around around with 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 with, with that with that particular hire. But we'll see down the road. In football, they got themselves a place kicker or something they needed. Uh, talk about it. Yeah, huge guy, guy um, kicker from Rutgers. That 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 was huge because look. I, Tulane, forget, we talk about Tulane winning, competing for a conference championship. Mm-hmm. That one position, there was no way it was going to happen in the fall if they didn't get a kicker because in the spring, they did not have a kicker who I would trust from 25 yards out. Um, it wow. just <laughs> that, that was the reality. The one scholarship kicker they have, Kristen Esnard, has a huge leg but just kind of has the yips on, on, on kicking. Had him by the time he arrived at Tulane, didn't have a very good senior year of high school after he um, committed to Tulane. Um, but he wasn't the answer. They had a couple of walk-ons who were not very reliable. Obviously, Merrick Glover, um, who had had some pretty good years in the past, did not kick well at all last year. Um, had the horrible miss against Tulsa that, that, that cost Tulane a game. They 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 had to they had to address that, and, and, and they have. I mean, this guy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's great. His longest kick at Rutgers in two years was 42 yards, but. He only missed five field goals, and he barely missed any extra points. And those mm-hmm. are two things that I think Tulane was going to miss a lot of if they didn't address it. So they had to get a kicker and that, that had proven that he could make kicks in college with some success, and, and, and that's what they got. And, and, and that was, to me, the number one 
thing they had to do from the end of spring practice to the start of the fall because it saps the whole confidence out of a team when you get down to the 25-yard line in that range and you're sitting there thinking if we don't go for it on fourth down, we're probably not going to score. And, and it affects a lot more than just the kicker in the kicking game when that happens. So it was, it was a huge addition because um, Tulane had to get somebody that could make a freaking kick. <laughs> and, <laughs> Valentino and, and had, Ambrosio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, um, uh, a senior. He'll be on mm-hmm. scholarship. You he, mentioned he has, 21 he to 27. Yeah, he has two years of eligibility left. He okay. started off as a soccer player, I believe, at Johns Hopkins. Um, then, then went to Rutgers as a soccer player for one year. They recruited him for the football team, and he played the last two years at, at Rutgers. And, and with that whole COVID situation, he did, mm-hmm. which where a year doesn't count, he still has yes. he has two years of eligibility left at, at, at Tulane. And uh, and 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 uh, yeah, that first field goal he he, he attempts in the fall, everybody's going to be anxious because people have seen what happens with the Tulane football program when they can't make a basic kick. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and I think they have that guy now. <laughs> Before we go, you mentioned it on the way out last week. You'll do it on the way out this week. Really good news. Jalen Cook is coming yeah. back to Tulane. Uh, that's great news for the basketball program. It, it's awesome news. And let me tell you, I, 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 I'm really optimistic about what, what this basketball team can do. And uh, it was interesting. You go to the ESPN website, Joe Lenardi, who's famous for his uh, making picks for the NCAA tournament. He does one. Now, picking before the year starts, his field for the NCAA tournament, he does not have Tulane in the field, but he has Tulane actually along with LSU as one of the next four out. So, like, not the first four out, but the next four. Tulane hasn't been in that kind of discussion, Eric, since Perry Clark was the coach. Really, last his last year, 2000, was the last time that Tulane was even on the bubble at any time of the year for any, even any thought for the NCAA tournament. Now, obviously, what's written in June – doesn't matter, but that tells you what one guy who does this for a living thinks about the prospects of the yep. Tulane basketball team. I, I've had some people tell me that you know, NCAA is unrealistic, but NIT is realistic. I, I think this team, this, I know these players are going into the season, and and and, and Ron Hunter's going into the season thinking they can make the NCAA tournament next year, and 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 obviously that would not have happened without Jalen Cook being back. Um, this is a this is a loaded basketball team. Um, I, I I really expect great things from these guys. Well, it's always great to have you on the program. Tell everybody about your fantastic site, how folks can subscribe, and uh, how they can follow you on social media. Sure. Um, it's it's um, Tulane.Rivals.com, TheWaveReport.com. Um, certainly this last week, a lot of information on, on, on baseball. With new, I knew the news about the pitching coach broke near midnight two nights ago. Had, had something up right away. Uh, about that um obviously it's getting into heavy football recruiting time um it's going to start ratcheting that up when i get back from vacation in a week uh but anyway yeah so tulane.rivals.com and the wave report.com the way you can go on there you can sign up you'll get information you're not getting anywhere else about the tulane athletic program thanks so much gary enjoy destin well uh, a vacation well deserved and i guess we'll talk to you the week after next uh, when you guys get back so thanks Sounds again good. and um as always, appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, Eric. Gary Smith, NOLA.com, The Wave Report, and, of course, at Gare Smith on Twitter. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. I say it all the time. AC goes out. I don't want you to get upset. I don't want you kicking the dog. I don't want you to get in an argument with the wife. Remember, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. It's pretty easy. 
And then, of course, when you call Burkhart, someone from Burkhart will answer the phone. That's even after hours. And then they'll dispatch one of their 15 trucks in the field to your home, giving you a 30-minute courtesy call before they come uh, to be able to repair your unit. Doing only the work that's necessary, authorized to service all brands. And, of course, uh, at Burkhart, as mentioned, the highest certification in the industry when it comes to Nate certified technicians. For a company you can trust, it's Burkhart, acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Mambo's, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. Get out there and enjoy a meal, a cocktail, have some fun at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back with Fletcher Mackle of Channel 6 Sports. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all of the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Look out for an accident that's blocking two right lanes on 10 eastbound on the twin spans. And also in the meantime, look out for an accident that's blocking the right center lane on the Crescent City connection on the eastbound side. And your delays are going to be heavy if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City connection, and the Pontchartrain Expressway as delays stretch from Stumpf Boulevard to the Claiborne Earhart exit. In the meantime, delays are going to be solid if you're traveling on 10 eastbound from Loyola to the airport, and then also delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to the high-rise, and then your delays are going to stretch on 10 eastbound from Irish Bayou to Oak Harbor. 10 westbound, your delays are solid from Bonneville to Clearview. On the 610 on the westbound side, your delays are steady from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge, and on the eastbound side from Elysian Fields to the 10610 merge. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brander Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportspeed is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportspeed is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportspeed Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have. Handle. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, their number one priority is treating people right. 
Take it from me, Eric Asher. It means getting there quickly in an emergency. They'll be on time and do a perfect job. And it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time. So if you're looking for a better experience from your generator AC company, or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion, let the folks at Burkhart earn your trust and treat you right. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, The Hideout Bar, and also Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. Get on in there and enjoy amazing cocktails and incredible beer selection. And yeah, a mouthwatering menu that has Cajun Creole cuisine with something for everyone. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. It's the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. If you've never been there, Man, go prepared to enjoy yourself. Take a few minutes to be able to walk around and check out all the memorabilia. It's almost like you're in, in, in a museum, some one-of-a-kind items. And, of course, the, the menu it has something for everyone to be able to enjoy. Uh, if you're a big eater and you think you can uh, win that burger challenge, jump into that. One of my favorites is the Mardi Gras pasta, which is absolutely fantastic. But, again, there's something for everyone on the menu. Also, again, they're open seven days a week, and they're open late. Lunch and dinner, 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. That's Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant with 30-plus TV screens. You'll never miss a play. Get on down and enjoy a meal, enjoy a cocktail, or, again, check out your favorite sporting event at Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, 4101 Lake Villa at Veterans in uh, 4101, 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa in Metairie. You know where the corner is, Veterans at Lake Villa. Everybody does. All right, um... Thanks to Gary Smith for joining us for the program. Our good friend Fletcher Mackle joins us now on the show, and I thought he had a great monologue this week on Zion Williamson. I thought it was right on. Fletch, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am doing well, Eric. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fletch, uh, if you would, talk to the folks, tell the folks a little bit about what your monologue entailed, because I thought it was pretty much right on on where Zion is in, in, his, in his professional career right now. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I just, his basketball camp, I thought, was a big hit. And, you know, so it started a couple of weeks ago. C.J. McCollum is doing some ESPN work during the finals and, and is talking a lot about the Pelicans, Zion, and, and, and the NBA finals as a whole, too. Um, and he talked about how Zion is going to be more present, present with his teammates, present with the media, which I think is a good thing because here's the thing. Every time Zion talks, he's great. Like, he's awesome. Like, you know, he's got this big smile, and he's, he's, he's smart, and he, he's, he's reflective on his life and what's going on and complimentary of the city. I just don't understand why he doesn't talk more. Like, that's one of the things that I think, like, sent this all spiraling out of control into a lot of negativity during this, this season was Zion spoke at media day. Then he didn't speak again until the season ended in May. So we didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew what was happening. He didn't talk. His stepfather didn't talk. The team gave us nuggets of info about him, but didn't want to speak on his behalf. So I, I was glad when CJ said, I think he's going to be more present, talk to the media. 
and then he was more present at his basketball camp. So I was told during the season by a lot of people, people in the organization, which I, I didn't agree with, people that are hardcore fans. And, and look, we all have our, our own beliefs. But what I always hated was when people would tell me, he's a kid, man. He's a kid. You got to leave him alone. He's just a kid. I, I never like that because I feel like, look, I understand he's a young adult. But to me, there's a difference between being a 21-year-old, almost 22-year-old young adult and being a kid. A kid is someone who is very, very young to me. I mean, a kid is obviously someone who is 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. Zion is not a kid. And I feel like the people who kept telling me that this guy doesn't need you to protect him. This guy is, is like a superhero athlete figure. He doesn't need some rando in the organization or some you know, loud fan to say, he's a kid, you need to be quiet. He doesn't need you to protect him. Like th- the way I hear this guy talk and the understanding of who he is and what he says and what he means to the organization, he's fine. He's going to be okay. Look, did he get bruised up a little bit because of, you know, the injury, you know, not talking, all the media speculation. Yeah, but I said this, you didn't break him. Nobody's going to break Superman. You don't break a superhero that, yes, he got beaten up a little bit, and maybe he learned from that, but I'm glad he, he spoke. He's speaking more. He says he wants to be here. If, if this is the version of Zion Williamson that is going to be here to start next season, then watch out for this team. And look, I've covered this team like you since the day they moved here in 2002. And I've seen good teams and I've seen great players like Chris Paul and David West and Anthony Davis, but I never really thought, can they win a championship? I mean, the West was always deep and I never looked Mm -hmm. at them. It was a house of cards sometimes, but I can honestly say right now, I said it on air and I'm saying it on your show. If you've got a full year of C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram that we saw in the playoffs and another year of Willie Green and all the the rookies who are just going to get better, and, oh, by the way, you add in a generational all-star talent in Zion Williamson, I think this team is better than the Mavericks, and the Mavericks were in the Western Conference Finals. I see no reason why if this team doesn't deal with significant injuries, they can't be one of the top three teams in the Western Conference. They could be Memphis of this year and Memphis finished second in the West. They are that mm-hmm. good if they get this version of Zion and this team is back. So that's that's kind of a long no, format. I thought it was a great point. monologue and I, and I agreed as you were saying I was agreeing with everything you said. It's time to take the kid gloves off and let this guy again grow as a player. And and, and again that's needs to happen. It seems that David uh, Griffin is warming up as well. He said at the end of the season he thought that the contract was going to be a challenge. It's again on on the Rosillo uh, uh, podcast he mentioned that again he agreed that Zion is a max player and it's at least again if you're trying to catch a body language and vibe that that again that they must be doing pretty well in terms of these negotiations. Do you anticipate July 1st, him signing a max deal with the Pels? So I don't know. I'd like to say yes. I don't know if it happens right at July 1st. You know, Anthony Davis in 2015, when he was eligible for his first extension at 12.01 a.m., 11.01 Central Time, 12.01 Eastern Time when they can actually do it, they tweeted out a picture of Anthony Davis agreeing to his extension. I go back to 08 with Chris Paul. And the second Chris Paul could sign his extension, they were coming off a playoff appearance in 08. He was one of the top three MVP candidates that year. He signed it immediately. I think this deal could get done sooner than later because I also think that the organization has given itself 
a lot more, I guess, influence than, than Zion Williamson in his camp. Look, they all have to work together going forward. But David Griffin has some significant wins over the last year. One, he's got Trajan Langdon, who I think is a tremendous talent evaluator, who built the Brooklyn Nets or helped build the Brooklyn Nets with Sean Marks from the ashes because of great drafts and getting guys like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and developing that culture that they had. You know, Trajan Langdon has done a good job of finding these players and drafting them and getting them here. But on top of that, Willie Green is an ascending young coach that everybody around the league loves and all the players love. You've got this great rookie class. Brandon Ingram is a a bona fide all-star or fringe all-star player. C.J. McCollum is here. If you're Zion Williamson, what do you look at if you're his stepfather or his agent and say, we don't like that? Do you not like the coach? No, we love the coach. Do you not like the players? No, we love the players. Do you not like the role players? No, we love the role players. I mean, here's the thing. Do you not like the talent evaluators? Look, even if they've had bumps in the road with grip, I'm pretty sure they like Trajan and Swin and others in the organization. So what do you look at and say, this isn't where you want to be? We've given you, you got an owner that loves him. You got a fan base that loves him. So I think that it's going to get done. That, that being said, I do think this organization has to take some precautions. And I think that Zion realizes, look, you basically missed two of your first three years. You missed, you know, 80% of your first year, you, you, your second year, you were a historic generational talent all-star, and then you missed all of your third year. To just give him $180 million fully guaranteed over the next five years, I mean, can he stay healthy for five years? I don't know. So I certainly think the organization, I don't know if it's going to be the contract that people talk about like Joel Embiid got with Philadelphia because that was a truly unique contract. But even if it's just a team option in the final year of this deal to make sure that the team could get out of the fifth year if Zion deals with injury issues down the road, I don't think he's getting a fully maxed out five years, $180 million. So I think it'll be a, a team option for the final year, and I certainly think there could be some more provisions put in there to deal with his health. That being said, though, there's going to be a line that Zion and his people won't cross because – I think they say, if, we're, if I'm a generational talent and an all-star, you pay me like the rest of these guys. And, and there, there's an argument to be made for that because historically that's what happens. If, if, you, if you've earned the money, you get the money, even if there's some precaution that comes with it. So I do think they'll find a happy medium. Do they find it on, you know, 1101 Central Time mm-hmm. on July 1, or do they find it, you know, soon after that? I do think a deal will get done this summer, though. Let's shift gears to the Saints. Uh, again, minicamp is in the books. When you look at this roster, I know you do that just like I do. If you could punch holes at any positions or, or position, what would it be? What, what, are they still, what need do they still have, whether it's a need for a starter or a need for a guy that is going to be a, maybe a, a top backup? So I would start, and people may not like this, um, I don't know if they have to address any position anymore. Obviously, you can look at running back. They just brought David Johnson in for a workout. So I think that jumps off the page because of Alvin Kamara's potential situation in Las Vegas. Will he be suspended? Will he not? 
um, from the battery charge that he faces. Mark Ingram's age, while I still think Mark Ingram is a very valuable role player, he is entering his 12th year, which makes him a dinosaur for running backs in the NFL. And you don't have a lot of proven depth behind them. I know people are high on the kid out of Baylor, but he's still an undrafted rookie player. And he didn't get mm-hmm. – the fact that he didn't get drafted says something. Um, so that's – I certainly would look at depth at running back. I still think quarterback is the great unknown because, obviously, it's Jameis's team, and Jameis is going to be the guy. I do like Andy Dalton as a backup. I think if he has to play, he may have a, a career comeback season. So I do feel secure in the quarterback position. But since it's so important, I, you know, I want to make sure that we, we talk about Jameis's leg and coming back from ACL surgery. If he still has that limp at the end of July, it's going to be a much bigger story of is he ready? Can he go full tilt? So Jameis's knee instilled the fact that he's a little bit unknown because he only played in six games last year. I know his record was five and two, but he got injured in game seven very early. Um, but other than that, it, it, it's hard for me to look at it. I mean, I think the secondary may be as good as any secondary they've had, rivaling maybe the 2009 Super Bowl team um, when they had a really good secondary. I think the linebacking core is, is really solid. I like the kid they drafted out of Appalachian State, Jackson. And then I think Pete Warner in the second year is going to be really good. DeMario, you know, who obviously wants another contract, is going to play very well. So, I don't know if I look at any position on this team. That's why I think people are sleeping on the Saints, and I think it's because of Jameis, because he's the great unknown still. But I heard Dan Orlovsky say this the other day, and I I could make an argument for that. He said he thinks they're the third-best team in the NFC. And I go, why wouldn't they be? With the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebacking core, the secondary, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, these receiving – the receiving core just got a massive upgrade. I mean, when you talk about the receivers, Marquez Callaway was your number one. He's going to be your number four or five this year. I mean, that's how much better their receiving core is now. So, again, I think on paper they're really good. I don't think they have any glaring weaknesses. I certainly think running back depth is an issue. I, I certainly think the, the guard play, you know, Andres Pete is a guy that is a lightning rod for fan frustration because of his injuries and his inconsistent play. But when he plays well, he's good. Cesar Ruiz has certainly not stepped up and he struggled is is Doug Marone the new old line coach going to get the best out of him I, I think that's the potential to, to be there so again I don't look at any glaring weaknesses on this team or holes I do think there's some question marks but I, I can I could certainly sell myself on the Saints being I don't know if I'd put him three in the NFC like Dan mm-hmm. Orlovsky but I would certainly put them you know four five six absolutely positively no doubt about it Fletcher, i got about three minutes left, so I want to get to the question quickly. I want to give you some time to answer it. The pro football talk uh, story on, on Sean Payton, that keeps popping up. He was going to get four years, $100 million. He was going to be the head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, uh, Tom Brady was going to become a minority owner and then, and then eventually, again, be the quarterback of the Dolphins. That kind of fell through because of um, uh, the Flores lawsuit. The Saints were supposed to get a first-round pick. Just your overall thoughts on, on that particular reporting. So, I, look, I like uh, – we are an NBC affiliate. And so we yes. – Chris Sims just did a segment on my uh, – on WDSU about his quarterback ranking. And, and Mike Florio is somebody that has always been good to us through the years. I, I don't love it when he says it's not getting traction. And why isn't it getting traction? And, and start, that's the kind of stuff I don't like because then he's just – like, I love opinions. I have sports opinions. But it's not fact. 
is to it didn't get traction because the NFL Network and ESPN. And it's like, look, I don't care about why it did or didn't get traction. Tom Brady's back in Tampa. Sean Payton is out of coaching and in broadcasting this year. And we'll probably get back in next year. What I want to say is the reason why it didn't get traction is because it never became real. Sean Payton even said they never – the Saints denied permission immediately to the Miami Dolphins. So what would, what would the compensation have been? Like, could, could, could Brady have even gotten out of his contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What were the Miami Dolphins going to give up if, if they had made their plans known of we want Peyton, we want Brady, and we're going to pay him all this money? If you're the Saints and Bucks, you say, hey, great. One first round ain't gonna cut it for these guys. That's right. Like, how about we? How about we? We take your next five. You know what I mean? And and we want two for Sean and three for Brady or three for each of them. So why he? I, I understand it was a real topic that was at least discussed by Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner. But why it never became a bigger story is because it was never really real or close to becoming real. I think it was certainly something that they discussed internally in Miami, but it wasn't like they were on the cusp of pulling it off. The Saints never said, hey, you can talk to him, and we want three first if you're getting him and Brady. Like It never got past the, the hey, we'd like to do this. In a crazy world, this is what we want to do. So uh, the fact that it happened – Great. It's a great talker. The fact that it didn't get a lot of traction and he's kind of talking about a story they broke not getting a lot of traction, that I feel like, I don't, you know, I feel like that's just kind of him using his pulpit to say, we thought it was a bigger deal. Well, nobody Mm -hmm. else thought it was a bigger deal. Sorry. Yep, no doubt. Well, always appreciate your time, Fletch. Tell the folks about what you guys got coming up on, on Channel 6 Sports for us, how folks can follow you on social media, and if you have any blogs coming up. Uh, yep, I am on uh, Twitter. It's kind of my social of, of choice, at Fletcher WDSU. Um, I will have a Pelicans and NBA mock draft coming out next week. Um, and, yeah, we've got a lot of coverage today on the Saints and their, their cool new helmets. And then next week will be a lot of Pelicans talk. Right. Do you, do, do, you're, you're too young to remember the black helmets, aren't you? Yeah, 69, I wasn't even alive. So I, yeah, you weren't even alive then. Yeah, 69. I didn't think so. I've seen pictures of them. But, but you've I've seen never, pictures, I've, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures, sure. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, don't you? Oh, I love it. I think it's a great idea. I don't think they should ever change their helmets because they've got the iconic no. old ones that they've worn since their inception in 67. But as an alternate look, absolutely positively for a few games a year, let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think for a few games that I would not. I'm, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I want to see the regular colors, et cetera. But I don't mind the color rush jerseys, those uniforms, and I don't mind the change of pace with the helmet either. And it brings a little excitement. Of course, you're selling merchandise, so that's a good thing as well. Yeah, I think I think they'll like that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thanks for your time, bud. Appreciate it. Have a great right. weekend. No problem, Eric. That's uh, Fletcher Mackle, Channel Six Sports. Always a very, very opinionated. I love having Fletcher on the show. I really do. It does a great job, and again, just great knowledge as well. All right, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a generator for your home or your business, man, think Burkhardt. Uh, Jason Burkhardt is in charge of the uh, division. So he'll come out to your home or your business, sit down with you and do a consultation. He's not trying to sell you anything. So one thing that I get from, from, um, from listeners that, t- that got generators through Burkhardt, they tell me he didn't sell me anything. He sat down with me. He educated me on, on, on generators, gave me a choice. I made the decision. Uh, after you make that decision, you 
get a single-day install. They'll put you on the calendar for a single-day install. Also, you can finance it over time with low monthly notes. New install quality check after one month. You know what that is by now. They're going to come back to your home after one month. Anything they install for you, sit down with you. Make sure, again, you feel comfortable with how the, how the, uh, uh, the, the unit is, uh, is operating. Uh, it's part of what their customer service pledge is. Also, 24-7, 365 emergency service. With all the parts you need for your generator at their warehouse in Mandeville. Again, no excuses, just getting you up and running. Generator sales and service, think Burkhart. That's their business. ACPromise.com. ACPromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and the Hideout Bar. I'm telling you, folks, you're looking for a late night place to eat, late place to get grab a drink, a cocktail, or both. Think about the Oceana family of restaurants. They're open late, seven days a week for you. And so, again, Oceana, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and a Hideout Bar, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants. We'll be right back. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Eric Ashby with my good friend Mike Delahousie at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby A. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. Uh, hey, Dad? Cool if I change this? They may not get each other's music, but they can both get a COVID-19 booster shot because the CDC recommends booster shots for people 12 years and older after completion of a primary series. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible. 
Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you're injured in a car crash, never settle for less than you deserve from the insurance company. And don't settle for just any law firm. Demand Dudley DeBosier. It's always our goal to get you the maximum compensation you deserve. And with our no-fee guarantee, you pay us nothing. No fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. Call now, and we'll review your case for free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2213579. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Again, today's program brought to you by my good friends over the Oceana family of restaurants. Oceana Grill, Mambo's, The Hideout Bar, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and Old New Orleans Cookery. All are open late. Oceana open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But the rest of the restaurants open for lunch and dinner. Get out there and enjoy a great meal, cocktails, and again, one of the Oceana family of restaurants. Thanks to Gary Smith and Fletcher Mackle for joining us on the program. In the first hour, second hour has Ali Cassell and Mike Trippett as our guest. I'm Eric Asher. We'll be right back. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Stick to the truth is what your good news. 
Until six, four to six weekdays, right here at one hundred six point one FM Nash Icon, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms, Nash FM one hundred six point one, EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, our social media platforms, and of course, Anchor is our home base when it comes to our podcast, which is everywhere. It's on your favorite podcasting platform as well. Just search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. You'll find that. The award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. If you missed us at 1 o'clock this afternoon, uh, Jordy Collada was with us for the Jordy Collada Show. Did a great job. Uh, And uh, our first rebroadcast at 6 p.m. tonight on LAE. 10 p.m. on the Deuce. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the Deuce. Saturday afternoon at uh, 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. And we should have that up for you this evening on our social media platforms for those that are outside the WLAE TV viewing area. Uh, big uh, uh, congratulations and um, a round of applause for uh, uh, Jason Genty, our uh, from our sister station, 92.3, MC'd last night's Hendrix Gym Neptunia Finals at the Virgin uh, 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 Virgin Hotel Pool Club. I talked to George Loriana this afternoon. They had a big crowd. Jason did a fantastic job. And, of course, uh, a lot of people in there tasting Hendrix Neptunia Gin. Hope you were in that number and had a chance to be able to enjoy that. Again, but a big, big uh, uh, group and a big uh, 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 really a real big success last night over at the Virgin Hotel uh, for the Hendrix Neptunia uh, Finals. And uh, hope you got a chance to partake. Uh, and, again, uh, Jason did a fa- fantastic job, as always. Come on. He's a, he's a legend in this town, no doubt about it. All right. Um, do want to mention just a couple things quickly. Uh, again, another interstate shooting yesterday uh, here in, in New Orleans East. You know, I've been calling for the governor for a while to do something. I've been talking about it over the last week about, you know, we need a posse. Uh, to come in. Look, I understand the National Guard is not feasible. We know that. I don't like the optics. I've said that. But there's no reason why with all the shootings that we've had on the I-10 and knowing again that the Louisiana State Police patrol the, uh, the interstates everywhere else in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this state with the exception of Arlene's Parish and that the fact that now that the council is asking for, for, the, uh, for the governor to be able to bring in the, uh, the Louisiana State Police and let them uh, patrol the interstate. I don't know what the delay is here. I mean, how many more people have to be shot on the interstate in New Orleans? You know, again, there was even a, a thought, and I thought about this myself, you know, uh, uh, there's, uh, the, there's uh, the Department of Public Safety uh, that, that is all part of, as part of Louisiana as well that could come in. I believe it was Helena Moreno, the councilwoman, uh, who said that, uh, you know, have them come in and at least handle, uh, you know, traffic accidents, stuff like that. That's all great ideas because we need more boots on the ground. And that's the issue right now in New Orleans. You know, at the end of the day, 
We could talk about how we got here. I'm so tired of hearing the mayor talk about holistic, holistic, holistic. You know, again, her her, her answer for it is to put up a, a Tupac peace peace um, uh, poll uh, over over in um, uh, in, in, in over at the Armstrong Park at, at Congo Square. I mean, you know, just just tone deaf when it, when it comes to the crime in the city right now, and, and somebody's got to step up to the plate. And then again, for one thing they can do. If they want to help the NOPD is, allow the state police to be able to patrol the interstates and let's make it safe. Look, my wife goes back and forth to be able to see uh, see her father in uh, on the North Shore. My son works out there, okay? So every single day he's crossing that high-rise going back and forth. So you don't think that, that the, the folks in my house are, are not worried about what's going on with, again, the shooting? And, again, anybody that's out there right now is worried about it. So hopefully, again, uh, the governor will hear the pleas of the people here in this city. And, and will do what's right and at least help the NOPD uh, in terms of taking over the patrolling of the interstates uh, in Orleans Parish that would free up the NOPD not to be there. And maybe the presence of having state troopers on, on that roadway will curtail some of the shooting that we're seeing out in New Orleans East. Just absolutely disgusting. It just is. Just absolutely is. When you, when you, you can't get in, your, get in and, and drive home uh, without having to worry about, again, looking over your shoulder for a bullet. That's, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, black helmets are back for the Saints. Uh, I think it's exciting. I think everybody's getting excited about it. Again, um, back in 1969 for a preseason game against the Chargers, they unveiled those uh, helmets. They they won, uh, I think they wore them for one game, and then um, uh, I think it was right. It actually was Pete Rozelle. They, they, you know, you, they, they went after the Saints and said that you never can wear these helmets again. Uh, you know, they're forbidden. You can't change the uh, the, the styles of, of your uniform without uh, uh, consent from the NFL. And I think it, it takes like two years for them to make uniform changes. So those things went away this year. Uh, they're bringing back the alternative helmets like they're doing with the alternative uniforms. Uh, by the way, the Atlanta Falcons are going back to the red uh, Falcon helmet, and the Saints will be going to their black helmet. That's a little bit different than the original uh, black helmets. Remember the original black, the really original helmets had this huge fleur de lis on the helmet, even the gold ones. Uh, so you can take a look at those. They're all over social media right now. It's pretty exciting uh, to be able to to to, uh, to see that. Today's program is brought to you by our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, of course, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Mambo's, the Hideout Bar, and, of course, the one that started it all, Oceana Grill. Man, voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. They're open seven days a week. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love breakfast, and I mean if you love breakfast, you got to make it on over to Oceana Grill. Breakfast starts at 8 a.m., goes all the way to 1 p.m., so there's a, long, there's a long period of time for you to go in and grab a breakfast, even a late breakfast for you if you're a late riser. Uh, just, again, Anything you love about breakfast service is is right there for you at, at Oceana. From, again, their world-famous crepes to traditional breakfast, pancakes, etc. There's even a pancake challenge if you think you're up to it. Uh, get down there for breakfast at least once, and I'm telling you, it'll be your go-to breakfast spot. Also, Cajun Creole dishes for lunch and dinner. Uh, lunch starts at 10 a.m., goes to 4 p.m. Dinner is from 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. And, of course, they're open late all the way to 1 a.m., sometimes till 2, depending on the crowd. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, just a fantastic menu that, I, that, again, it's not hyperbole. Something for everyone. If you've ever been there and you open up the menu at one of the Oceana family of restaurants, you'll see they've made it so, again, no matter who is in your party, they'll find something that they can enjoy. And a lot of that is, again, is homegrown Cajun Creole cuisine. Uh, fantastic cocktails uh, from some of the greatest mixologists we have in the city. You can dine in that French, authentic French Quarter courtyard. 
beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for your next event. And, man, do they put on a party at Oceana Grill. So, again, when they're not using that those rooms for overflow for a party, they're using it for overflow uh, so you don't have to stand in line. But, man, perfect for uh, a night out with friends. It's family-friendly, dog-friendly if, you, if you're going to sit in the courtyard. Uh, get on down and enjoy Oceana Grill. Remember, Oceanagrill.com. You can find out the menu, everything you need to know about Oceana Grill. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. seven days a week. All right. To the guest line we go. Our good friend Ali Cassell, the Bird Rights, joins us each and every week here on the program. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Good to be back, Eric, talking to you every week, just like... Uh... We've been doing now for several years, it seems like. Yep, and and it's and it's always a great segment. I always get great feedback on it, and I love your site again. The bird rights. Read your article this week about uh, Zion Williamson. That's where I want to go first today. Of course, Zion. Oh man, it's just what a one eighty. Uh, he was at the drive YMCA over the weekend, uh, had the clinic for the kids, says he wants to be a pillar for the community. Uh, you know, again, you can see he's been working out. Uh, he's, he's working out the facility with his teammates. Uh, so, I mean, just, I mean, everything is just, just is pointing really, again, upward for Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. But, again, there is that $181, $180 million extension over five years, which he's eligible for on July the 1st. And a lot of people are wondering, are they going to be able to get this done? You heard uh, Griff on the Rosillo uh, podcast where he seemed like he thought a little bit, you know, said that he thought that he meant he agreed that Zion was a max player. And it didn't sound as arduous as it sounded earlier uh, this uh, this summer when he started talking about trying to get this contract uh, done for, for Zion. Your article, I thought, was spot on. Why don't you tell the folks about what your thoughts on, on, on Zion is and then kind of morph into uh, what do you think that contract may look like? Right. So on, on the first part is that Zion looks like is maturing before our eyes. You know, ever since his injury and uh, it was announced abruptly on media day and then he kind of vanished right from sight, never talked to media. Things kind of started looking sour <laughs> by really any which direction and angle you want to look at the whole situation, right? With whether Zion wanting to be here to his contract extension to any, any other really kind of Pelican-related question with Zion. Everything was up in the air, but since the time he started getting called out by J.J. Redick and, of course, with C.J. McCollum, the trade, and how he supposedly ghosted a phone call from C.J. once that trade was completed, everything's kind of turned done a 180, really, turned completely around, and it sounds like Zion's completely on board. And now I have to say this is something that I've always heard behind the scenes. Zion never truly wanted to be traded away, and I mentioned this on your show, Eric, and others, to where it sounded like a lot was being made out more than it really was, right, in the national media. So, fortunately, all this has been confirmed true, it seems like, right, during this offseason where on his exit interview, Zion Williamson talked about how he's ready to do anything that, you know, Willie Green or anybody else asks because he's 110% in to hearing about how, there's no expectation there's going to be any issues whatsoever with re-signing Zion, right? Signing him to that rookie max extension. Even Adrian Wojnarowski said, look, as soon as the free agency opens, he expects for that John Morant's extension all to get done immediately. So that sounds like there's not going to be any issues on that front. And we've got to remember, with that contract, yes, 
Zion is a max player. This is something I think a lot of people that know the game have been saying for a while. They've been worried about the Pelicans position, right? You're not just going to give him a full guaranteed five-year deal because of his injury history. And the Pelicans several months ago stated basically that they had some concerns. And uh, it sounds like that there's not going to be an issue. There's not going to be a holdup in putting some kind of protections in place to where if Zion unfortunately would happen so to miss a lot of time again to that foot, that the Pelicans would be able to recoup some of the money lost. Um, so it sounds like it's all systems go. Much like Joel Embiid's contract extension was with Philly and a lot of other players around the league, like Jaron Jackson with the Memphis Grizzlies and several others. And that's really good news, considering where we were, where we are now. And, and then, of course, you know, the, the, the fact that it looks like this team has taken ownership and, 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 and the leaders on this team are going to take ownership of this team. There's going to be workouts throughout the offseason. You really went through those last last week with, again, possibly in Vegas, maybe again in, in Spain with Turner Gomez, but quite a few mm-hmm. places where the, the players are going to do that. But it's also good to see him at the facility working out with his teammates and probably getting hands-on help uh, from the coaches and quote-unquote training staff as well. Oh, without a doubt. That's something that didn't take place last summer or even the season before because Zion, as people probably know, has always liked to do things on his own, usually with his father-in-law. Um, he's, you know, every offseason kind of gone on his own ways, but especially this past one, right? He was supposed to meet up with Brandon Ingram and Trajan Langdon in Phoenix. That didn't happen. He also didn't participate when Brandon Ingram held an open kind of scrimmage uh, conditioning type of workouts for several weeks in his where he was staying in Phoenix as well with a lot of the teammates and of course we know everything that's happened since right um and like I said that 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 was scary honestly Zion's not hanging out with his team not participating really in any activities I understand he was injured but still he wasn't around the guys well now he is and from everything I'm hearing he's it's positive he likes it they like him and we kind of saw that once he got back from Portland. But now that we're seeing him actually during the offseason here, and now he's committed, right? He and his father are going to hold a six-week uh, clinic over at the YMCA in Central City. So he's committed to being here. So it, it, it's like I said, it's just a complete 180 on his part. And to me, it's just a sign of him growing up, honestly. Taking ownership of who he is, even though he's young, 21, of the responsibilities that sit on his shoulder, both you know as a player to this organization also – for the community, because he says now he wants to be a pillar of the New Orleans community, and that's just fantastic news. Yep, it really is, and I like the fact that, again, Lee Anderson, his father-in-law, I'm sorry, his stepfather, um, uh, spoke uh, about the crime situation here in New Orleans this weekend mm-hmm. to, to those young to those young kids and, of course, the parents that were there. Uh, because, look, it, it is. Look, he's a young man. They, they're not New Orleanians. They're not natives. Uh, they, they, again, they've been drafted here. Uh, they got a, you know, an opportunity to push their way out at like, like other uh, superstars or, or, again, stars have done. But they seem to at least be at, list, at this point dedicated to the city. And along with that becomes, again, a responsibility uh, to the youth of this town, especially if you're a, a, you know, a player of his stature. So it was really good to see. It really was. And it, 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 it takes away a lot of the pressure. Uh, around the Pelicans. Now you can concentrate on yeah. basketball and getting better. And that leads me to my next question. I tell you, I'll be asking it every week until we get to the draft. Uh, you look at this and you go through this as, as close as anybody. Uh, Pels are up with their eighth pick. Who do they pick? Will they will they move up? Will they move back? Will they stay? What happens in the draft on, on was it next Thursday, next Tuesday? 
It's going to be next Thursday. So we're a week away. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, Eric, their position is seemingly getting a little bit worse. And what I mean by that is I think their top two choices are probably not going to be there once their pick comes around at eight. And that's unfortunate because when you started doing this research a month or whenever so ago, it seemed that Dyson Daniels and Benedict Matherin would be there. But now with the latest set of mocks that I'm reading over the last several weeks, on top of talking to some people, both of those players now are expected to go above, like I said, number eight. And that's unfortunate because Dyson Daniels and Benedict Matherin would have absolutely filled a couple of the holes that the Pelicans have. Matherin, of course, supplying that outside shooting that they need, but also he's got that competitive fire that I love that I think is going to just fit in seamlessly, right, with this existing locker room. And with Dyson Daniels, he has a lot more versatility, especially defensively. He can also handle the rock. His shooting is coming around. So it seems like he would have been that, really, honestly, that perfect connector slash glue guy for the three stars that the Pelicans do have out there on the court. And so now, like I said, now now with each passing day, it seems to be getting worse at the news that Pels aren't going to get a chance at either one of those guys. So now I think, honestly, they're going to be looking at either Shaden Sharp possibly mm-hmm. falling in their lap, which they may look to trade out of. I'm hearing the OKC Thunder are really high on him. Right. But if not him, then maybe Jeremy Sochin. He's really kind of gotten climbed into my um, kind of in the, my vision now. You know, right. he, he's another guy that's long, can guard a lot of multiple positions, and he's got that competitive fire. Because really, the Pelicans do have their three stars, right, Eric? Yeah, they can use some scoring off the bench, and they definitely mm-hmm. need some shooting. But we kind of saw what they needed last year. And anytime Herb Jones was off the court, you know, let's face it, their defense suffers. So I think they do need to add more people kind of in the mold of Herb. And I think Jeremy Sochin kind of fits that bill. Uh, any chance they, they try to move up or trade out of the pick? Yeah, I think moving up's probably not going to happen. And I know that the Kings have been thought to be offering that fourth pick because they want to compete for the playoffs. And Jaden Ivey, who's considered widely considered the best player available outside of those big men, supposed to go in the top three, right? Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and uh, Jabari Smith. It's supposed to be Jaden Ivey, but he doesn't want to go to Sacramento. So they may look to trade out, but I can't see the Pelicans jumping up there. One that cost would be way too high to move up. I just think that the other thing is Pelicans don't have a pressing need to grab a Jaden Ivey. Ivey's probably looking to land on a team where he's going to get a lot of minutes, right, mm-hmm. Eric? A lot, because he's going to need a lot of developmental minutes. He's not coming in as close to his finish of a product as John Morant did. You know, his game's not there quite yet. And the Pels, obviously, they have a lot of depth. And I know that where, you know, Willie Green and the guys, they, they're looking to win now. So moving up just from any angle doesn't make a lot of sense for the Pels. At four, the other spot that might be available is seven. Portland, also same position. They want to make the playoffs with Dane. So I'm hearing that that, that's probably more likely going to happen with the OKC Thunder. So the Thunder, who want to get sharp, it sounds like, could either trade up and grab that eight from the eighth position from the Pels or the seventh from Portland. In exchange, they've got the 12th pick. On top of the the second overall pick, they've got the 12th overall pick. So thought is, if Sharp is there at eight. The Pels' top two choices are off the board. Maybe you do this deal with OKC and move back. Because on top of getting a decent player, right, maybe Jeremy Sochin would still be available. Maybe you could take a swing on, you know, Agbaji, uh, A.J. Griffin, Usami Dieng. He's another guy that people are really high on. You would also be able to drag out maybe a Lou Dort, right, from mm-hmm. OKC Thunder. That would really help with the defensive, you know, shortcomings on this team that you want to uh, prop up next to Herb Jones. And... 
I'll tell you what, Eric, I'm thinking that is growing. Uh, the chances of that, of the Pels moving back is growing because I don't think Portland is going to move off unless they get really a handsome deal from OKC Thunder. That's for the Pels. If their top choices are gone, they're going to be a lot more amicable than moving back because, like I said, they've got the depth. They can play around, and I think they probably want to bolster some more future, you know, building up the future assets by making that move. You move back, you get a future first, you get a serviceable mm-hmm. player, and you're only moving back four spots. We saw how well that worked last year for them when they moved back and grabbed Trey Murphy. Yep, no doubt. So, uh, shifting gears to the NBA Finals, again, um, uh, the Warriors lead it 3-2 tonight. Um, uh, game, game six, your thoughts? Jason Tatum's got to come out and be the best player on the court. You know, he, he rose to the occasion, both in that series against the Bucks um, and, and the Miami Heat, right? The Boston Celtics were faced what I think they faced three elimination games so far, and they've yep. risen to the occasion in each of them. They're three and zero, and Tatum was largely the reason why. Well, he's he's kind of gone missing right in these finals, to where he's he's just not shooting at the right percentage. I mean, one of these recent games, he didn't even attempt a shot in the first ten minutes of the game. I mean, that's not something that superstars do, especially in games as big as this. So, I'm wondering if he's tired. I'm wondering if the whole Boston Celtics team's a little tired. And not just physically, I'm thinking mentally. I mean, these guys, a lot of them have played close to 1,000 minutes in these playoffs. They're key guys. And so you got to think they're getting tired um, from all the wars that they've already battled, right? Knocking off the Nets, knocking off the Bucks. I've already mentioned, and, of course, the Heat. So I think that this series is probably going to end. Now, I'm not certain it's going to happen tonight. Look, beating the Celtics in Boston, I, I want right. to say I've heard this only happened once in the finals. So chances are in the elimination game, you've got to, you know, you've got to think that the Celtics are going to be favorites regardless of how they're feeling because they've, they've still got fighters, right? They've got Marcus Smart. They've got their whole crowd that's not going to let them lose. So I think there's a good chance they'll probably win game six. But for game seven, you know, I, I think it's the Warriors. I think they've easily got the reins on this uh, or grabbed reins of this whole series by how well they played and how well Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Looney have stepped, even though Draymond Green yeah. hasn't played. Steph Curry's had some help, a lot more help than Tatum has. I think '85 Lakers Boston uh, was the was the year that the the mm. Lakers. I think it was the sky hook from from Magic that that put them away in the Garden uh, for the only loss in the finals that Boston had at home. That's just off the top of my head. I could be wrong, uh, but with that said, I think I right. picked Boston <laughs> in seven. They're still alive. We'll see. I'm with you. Jason Tatum has has really disappeared at times, and they really need him. I had, look. I mean, look at the. I mean. Uh, yeah, you know, the same can be said for Steph Curry, who disappeared a little bit. Uh, you know, um, uh, but yeah, no, they they definitely need Tatum uh, to really come come true uh, for them, no doubt. Uh, with that said, tell us about what you got for us at the Bird Rights. How folks can follow you on social media. Yeah, you can catch all of our work over at SB Nation. All one word: www.thebirdrights.com, where I put up that Zion article a few days ago, and just recently in the last hour, we put up our favorites on who the Pelicans should draft at the eighth overall pick. And number one, uh, that emerged from the whole group. We did a poll, is Dyson Daniels. But read up on mm-hmm. what, what else we wrote about the rest of the cast. Beautiful. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks as always, and we'll check with you next week. Uh, keep up the great work. Re- really, I'm telling you, folks, if you, especially if you're a, a diehard Pelican fan, you've got you to be in tune with what they're doing over the bird rights. Thanks as always, bud. Absolutely. Thanks for the kind, kind word, Eric. All truth. All truth. There you go. That's Alec Cassell. I'm Eric Asher. Hey, don't forget about uh, my friends over at Southern Tire Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Look, a lot of folks are going on the road, uh, especially with gas prices the way they are right now. 
you want to make sure that vehicle, before you take that vacation, is running in tip-top shape. You know, whether that means, again, checking the tires to make sure, again, your tires are doing are, are, are in good shape. You know, again, changing the oil, doing all the fluids that are necessary. You know, doing that diagnostic test on, on your um, engine to make sure that everything's working right. I mean, again, I don't know about you, but again, I don't want to get on the road, especially in, the, in this heat, and then have a, have a breakdown. Uh, why don't you bring it on to the Southern Tire? Let, let them put it through the diagnostic test, uh, you know, uh, uh, ch- uh, 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 check out your tires, give you, the, give you the quick road test. And if there's anything wrong, remember, uh, ASC certified technicians, the, those mechanics are certified mechanics uh, that use the same diagnostic whip as a dealership. If you happen to have uh, a need for tires, the largest selection of tires and rims in the metropolitan area. Uh, if the chance they don't have it, they can get it for you and get it quickly. Uh, and then I'm talking about wheels and tires at the 30 inches. You can finance that over time. And then you got the Piazza's family standing behind their work. They've been at it since 1972 and got a reputation of taking care of their customers. Uh, get going on the road during this uh, summer months. Before you do, bring your car over to Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. They're open 8 to 6, Monday through Friday. Saturdays from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. You go to southerntire.com and check out all the service they provide for their customers. It's Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. And also don't forget, folks, about our friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a new system, uh, before you sign that contract, at least give Burkhardt an opportunity to come out and sit down with you and do a consultation, find out what you're looking for for a system in your home or your business, and then, again, you make the decision, okay? But they're authorized to sell some of the top brands in the industry. Uh, they'll show you, again, the, uh, the, the state-of-the-art equipment they use to be able to measure your home or business so that you've got the right unit for your home or business uh, to cool you in the wintertime, to heat, heat your home up in the summertime. Come on, it, it's real easy. And then there's the... Service after the sale, the honesty, okay, the reliability, the, the, the again, reputation of Burkhardt, uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. doesn't matter where you live in the metropolitan area. They can service you. It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and the Hideout Bar. We'll be right back with Mike Triplett of ESPN. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. We taste it four on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by Dairy Queen. Hey, DQ fans, the new all-star summer blizzard treat lineup is here with flavors like the Girl Scout Thin Mints, the new Oreo Dirt Pie, Caramel Fudge Cheesecake, Cotton Candy, and more. There's something for everybody, only at DQ. Happy tastes good. Look out for delays heavy on 10 eastbound from Loyola to the airport and delays pick back up. On 10 eastbound from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise and then delays stretch again. 10 eastbound from just past Michoud to Irish Bayou. 10 westbound delays are solid from Orleans to Canal and delays pick back up. 10 westbound from City Park to the airport. On the 610 on the eastbound side, delays stretch from just past Elysian Fields to the 10610 merge. And on the westbound side from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. If you're looking out for delays, be mindful of backups. On the eastbound side along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection as delays stretch from Terry Parkway to the Camp Street exit. Traveling along the westbound side of the Pontchartrain Expressway, your delays are solid. From the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit and look out for accidents. Carondelet at St. Joseph and also Dante at Plum. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center. 
On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, their number one priority is treating people right. Take it from me, Eric Asher. It means getting there quickly in an emergency. They'll be on time and do a perfect job. And it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time. So if you're looking for a better experience from your generator AC company, or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion, let the folks at Burkhardt earn your trust and treat you right. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say to Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you have like the perfect face for radio? No, Mike. Did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud. No, as a matter of fact, you haven't. That's because you don't. Come on, man. You know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh, man. Then why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton. For punishment. The TikTok Cafe, where the video poker is always hot, 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 Causeway and I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Mambo's, the newest addition to Oceana and, and the Oceana family of restaurants, 411 Bourbon Street. I'm telling you, the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street, um, uh, Cajun Creole cuisine uh, at its finest, beautiful and magnificent cocktails by some of the great mixologists in all of New Orleans. But it's the restaurant that really, again, stands out along with that fantastic menu. You walk in, you got big picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street where you can sit down and kind of watch the, the craziness there. If, you, if that's not what you're into, you pass by the bar, going all the way to the back of the restaurant. There's a beautiful French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Take the elevators to the second floor. As they, those doors open to your left, there's a beautiful bar right there. And, and yes, you got your you got a Bourbon Street balcony, a full dining room for you to be able to dine or have cocktails on the second floor. Uh, if that if, that, if that's not satisfying enough, hit the elevator, head to the third floor. As the doors open, you see this beautiful bar, uh, again, seating all around, and then there it is. It's, again, Bourbon's own, Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. The sight lines you 
you've never seen anywhere else on Bourbon Street. The cocktails are fantastic. The, 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 again, the menu is second to none. It, Mambo's is the perfect night out for, again, friends, a romantic getaway, your next event. You want to close a deal with a client or, again, a delicious meal with your family. Open uh, for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Check them out at mambonola.com. And then when you finish up, go right next door to the hideout bar. Uh, live music for you in, a, in, a, in an over 300-year-old building with a beautiful uh, French Quarter courtyard. they got food also available for you and fantastic cocktails. Make it a night at, at the 400 block of Bourbon Street with Mambo's and also the Hideout Bar, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. And I'm telling you, you got to go check Mambo's out. If you haven't done it yet, you've got to get out there and, uh, and give it a shot. All right. Thanks uh, to uh, Alec Cassell for joining us in the program. We now turn our attention back to the New Orleans Saints. Mike Trippett of ESPN uh, is our guest. Mike, how are you? Doing, gr- doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Always good. Mike, you got to be looking forward to a little break here now, right? Because uh, out of the sun for a couple days and then, what, about six weeks and then, boom, back at training camp. Yeah, it's the calm before the storm every year. This is I always tell people. The NFL calendar really never slows down except for this one month. This is even when, uh, uh, you know, Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis go on vacation. <laughs> yep, yep, no doubt. Now, Mike, you've seen a lot of training camps. You've seen a lot of mini camps and OTAs. Just your impressions of Dennis Allen's first uh, mini camp OTA as a head coach. Yeah, the story that I'll probably write next week, the main thing with him is it's business as usual, not – a lot has changed. And I remember specifically when Sean Payton came, you know, he was inheriting a much different kind of team. And, uh, you know, under the tutelage of Bill Parcells, he changed everything. It, it was, you know, what color jerseys are they wearing uh, on the home games? Make those the opposite. Uh, you know, change all the signs in the locker room, uh, move things around, just be like, hey, it's different now. And Dennis Allen's taking the exact opposite approach because he says, you know, they're proud of what they've built, and he's been a big part of building it over the last five years of five straight winning seasons. And he's not going to just change things just for the sake of change because players recognize that too. And they don't want, oh, you're the head coach now, so you're all of a sudden going to change all the meeting times and you're going to change the practice schedule and you're going to, you know, change this and change that just because you're supposed to change things. So, so far, I think players have been receptive to that. And frankly, that's the reason why he was hired. So uh, any story I wanted to do on, hey, you walk in the building and you know things are different now, uh, it's not obvious to the naked eye, although there are obviously subtle differences. Sure. Um, now that you've had a chance to see this team at OTAs and minicamp, and look, it's not, it's not uh, training camp, it's not hitting, it's not even preseason, but uh, when you look at the roster, are there any glaring holes that stick out to you or, again, areas where they maybe need to shore it up with a veteran or two? I wouldn't be shocked to see them do that, maybe a defensive tackle, but uh, it's not a must, and it'll help, obviously, getting David on your battle back for an entire season uh, in that position group. But I don't, I don't see glaring holes. Uh, I do still see a lot of question marks, and it's mostly these guys who are coming back from injuries that we won't know exactly what level they're going to come back at until we see them a few weeks into training camp in the preseason. And obviously that starts with Michael Thomas. Uh, that includes Marcus Davenport, who revealed a fascinating injury to us yesterday um, when, when you know, he's missing the top half of his pinky finger now. Uh, talk about a guy who, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have none at all is Marcus <laughs> Davenport. Um, you know, we still need to know exactly what Marcus May is going to be, what Taysom Hill is going to come back like is this offensive line going to be fully healthy after all the injuries they dealt with last year? But if healthy, 
if relatively healthy, no one's 100% healthy. This is a pretty competitive roster from, from beginning to end. Not every position is perfect. Tight end's not perfect, uh, uh, and some others aren't. But uh, holes is, is not the word I would use. Some are concerned about the guard position. Are you? Well, there are two guys who have earned their critics. Um, Andrus Pete, probably unfairly so. Uh, I, I think people were more upset that Andrus Pete got a $55 million contract than they are with him being a, a starting offensive lineman in the NFL and actually probably earned more fans when he was missing last year and, and, and they had so much trouble replacing him. I think people mm-hmm. would probably be glad to have him back uh, and just to have a solid veteran back in that role. Uh, but obviously, Cesar Ruiz has a lot to prove. Um, he has certainly not yet lived up to, to first-round caliber talent and, and might even be make or break if he's going to be able to hold on to a starting position. But obviously, he was drafted 24th overall for a reason because of the talent that's there. Now he has his first actual first full off season with OTAs and everything beginning to end since he's been in the NFL and a pretty good uh, coach in Doug Marone, uh, who's uh, obviously got got the resume. Um, so if, if he's going to tap into that potential, this is the year to do it. Mike Trippett of ESPN, our guest. Mike, um, as, as, training, as, as training camp begins, as, as, again, the OTs and minicamp have, has ended, any players that maybe – and look, it's hard. They're, they're in uh, T-shirts and, and, and helmets and shorts. I want to preface that for folks that don't know. Again, I haven't seen minicamp or, or OTAs. Um, any, any players that, again, newcomers that flashed to you that went, okay, well, this guy's got a shot to make the team or this yeah. guy's got a shot to start? Well, it's funny that you say to remind everyone that they're in shorts and OTAs and actually – very few full team drills, too. Uh, certainly not live tackling drills, not padded practices. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we always, and I always joke about this, and, and I always try to guard against it myself, but we always notice the receivers and the pass catchers more than anyone mm-hmm. in those types of practices. Uh, but I, I think regardless of that, Jarvis Landry is the one who stood out most because he's new, because he's adding an element they were missing so badly last year is just a go-to target uh, because some of the other guys haven't been around. Michael Thomas, obviously working, working out, rehabbing off to the side and Alvin Kamara uh, just came from mini camp and not OTAs, but Jarvis Landry was catching just about everything out there. And, and it's just so much what they were missing last year, just a solid veteran who can run routes, get open, catch the ball. Um, one guy who was just fresh on my mind, who, who's been having a pretty interesting camp and had a great day today is Bryce Thompson, his second year with the team as sort of a cornerback slash safety. And then Alante Taylor, their second round pick, um, in that mostly cornerback role. That's where he's been working, even though some think he could be a safety or a nickel or dime back. Dennis Allen was really praising him for, for being further along. Uh, just when you add those guys together in addition to a few others, the depth in the secondary is really impressive. Yes. Let's let's speak secondary. Let's talk right now three guys that are looking for new contracts. Let's start with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is, is again, has been active on social media, uh, politicking himself as, what, the number one uh, uh, slot corner (laughs) in the NFL. And, uh, look, I believe him. I'm I'm right there with him. But I also, again, maybe subtly also campaigning for that new contract. What a lot of people don't realize is he's an unrestricted free agent next year in the last year of his deal, $2.7 million. Do you anticipate them getting a deal done with him before the season's out or even before this season starts? 
I'm not sure that they will. Um, look, they never got a deal done with Marcus Williams, uh, and, and we know how much they valued him. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to be an impossible guy to value because there's not really a comp for him. Um, I don't know if he wants to get paid like a top safety. I don't know if he gets to be paid like a top cornerback. But as a nickel, he has a strong argument that he might be the best nickel in the league or one of the best nickels in the league. I know some analysts feel that way about him. But, you know, who, what, what do you base that contract off of? Another <laughs> Pro Bowl caliber safety who plays nickel? <laughs> There's not many of them in the league. I mean, he's almost a little bit of a, a Honey Badger style player, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. In that. But it's not an easy, look, you're due for your contract. This is what a player like you makes. Because there's not a lot of players who do what he does. And obviously he he's probably going to be aiming for the stars and the saints are not in the paying, paying for the stars contract mode right now. Um, so I think it'd be hard to see that deal getting done. Now, does he not show up for training camp? Does he force the issue? Um, he'd be facing some serious fines if he did that, I think. Um, so it's, it's tough to say, but my prediction would be, I, I, I bet he wants a new deal, but I think that's a harder one to get done before the season starts. Sounds like a little bit of a Jimmy Graham uh, 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 part due, right? Sure. Uh, am I either sure, a receiver right? or a tight end? <laughs> <laughs> and we know yeah, how that turned yeah, out. And if they try to – well, that would be fascinating because uh, this has never come up before that I know of, but let's say they put the franchise tag on him next year because safeties right. have a super cheap franchise tag. Uh, I think it's, it's the cheapest or maybe even running back mm-hmm. and then safety, but – it's one of the cheapest, and then corners obviously make a lot more money. And would he argue that he's actually a corner because he plays in the nickel the whole time? I mean, that 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 could be Jimmy Graham part two, uh, or at least those could be the conversations that they're having behind the scenes. Deontay Hardy is interesting. Three point two million dollar tender. It's a second round tender. He's the second highest paid rod receiver on the on the club yeah. right now. Again, um, at about three point two million, more than what Jarvis Landry's making, and That's and so I think crazy. you've got to kind of tread lightly there when you start talking about trying to extend him. And then, how do you extend him as a wide receiver or as a uh, special teamer? Yeah, another difficult case study there. And I would say, um, you know, I'm sure he wants long term security, uh, and and. <laughs> And I'm sure he wants the kind of wide receiver money that's being thrown around the NFL right now. But, uh, you know, if I'm his, his advisor, this might be a good year to bet on himself because uh, he's the perfect receiver that Jameis Winston's going to love playing with. And and if he's ever going to, instead of just showing in flashes that he can make a big player here or there, if he's ever going to have one of those, you know, uh, classic Devery Henderson type seasons with, you know, 25, 30 catches and, and, and a ton of yards and some big plays, uh, it's going to be with Jameis Winston for a full season. So his, his market might even look better next year than, than it currently does. <laughs> and, of course, to Mario Davis, who's, again, the uh, the leader of this team, leader of the defense. Two years left on his deal, but next year's $13.2 million cap hit. He'll be 34 years old in January of this year. So, again, starting uh, the, the 33 this year, 34 next year. He's got three dummy years on the back year of that deal. So I know the Saints would like to get something done, but the question is how far can you extend him? And then, again, look, he's kind of taken a hometown discount the last couple times. Yeah. Is he willing to do that again? Well, yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about what his cap hit is. Everybody's cap hit is so inflated because, because it, you know, it, his, his average salary is a huge bargain. But, yeah, 
his mm-hmm. cap hit is huge because you know they dip into those every year. Everybody's every cap year. hit is like two the, two million this year, four million this yeah. year, and it's a bajillion dollars the next year. Um, <laughs> exactly. So that, that won't that won't influence their decision. Um, but yeah, he's he's the biggest bargain in probably all of pro sports. Um, and and he was the day he signed his deal. I was pretty surprised. He accepted the the mm-hmm. deal that he signed when he resigned, and it, it made it completely evident that he was willing to leave money on the table um, to stay with the Saints because it's obviously been the great fit for as great a fit for him uh, personally and how you know what he's done in this community and how he's thrived as a player as, as it has been for the Saints. With one, you know, I, I've been saying they're probably second best free agent signing uh, behind Drew mm-hmm. Brees um, yeah. since Drew, the best since Drew Brees. So. Um, if he wants to maximize and get paid as much as he could, he'd make a ton more money. Um, so, I mean, it'd be a little surprising to see him hold out and demand a bigger contract after, you know, he, the day he signed that deal, he knew he was giving them a hometown discount. Uh, but he deserves to get paid more. His next contract will pay him more. Uh, and, you know, if the Saints can can figure that their their future long-term contract planning is, is better with the – cap going up in future years in the TV contracts. Uh, he's a guy I'm sure they're not eager to let out of the building. Biggest question mark for most of the national pundits and maybe some locally here as well is Jameis Winston. What were your impressions of him, uh, you know, off the field, on the field uh, during this past uh, OTAs and, minicamp, and minicamp? Yeah, it was great to see him out there. I mean, I kept, I kept rechecking my math. It was only less than seven months. He's out there on the OTA field less than, less than seven months and you know, I think it just bodes well to how much further along he's going to be in training camp, and then by the time the regular season rolls around, and 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 all systems point to him being ready. Now he was still a little limited; the whole team was limited based on what we were watching. But they didn't they didn't you know force things at all. He wasn't rolling out. He wasn't taking place in the very few team drills that full team drills that they did have. But he was doing everything else. Uh, he looked good thrown out of the pocket. It looked like he was concentrating on throwing more to the running backs and Jarvis Landry. Um, but he was also still airing it out. Uh, so everything seems on track there. I, I just think he's in a really good place. I wrote about him today uh, and just, you know, it was touch and go for a little bit. They yep. aggressively pursued Deshaun Watson. I'm sure they would have traded for Russell Wilson. I'm, you know, they thought there was room to potentially upgrade to an elite quarterback. Uh, but once they decided uh, to sign Jameis Winston, they've made a very strong commitment to him. They made, They did give him, a contract that shows they truly believe in him. Um, I, I think the size of that contract, you know, obviously not a blockbuster, but still more than, tw- you know, 21 million guaranteed over two years. And then they've given him all the tools since then. They, uh, uh, instead of drafting a potential re- replacement, they traded away next year's first round pick, which would be the year to draft a quarterback. It's exact opposite right. of what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. That They put Jalen Hurts on the clock when they loaded up on next year's draft picks. The Saints, don't have a pick next year. They're not replacing him in the first round next year. They didn't replace him this year, and instead they gave him a wide receiver and a left tackle, uh, and then they went out and added Jarvis Landry to boot. So um, he's got every opportunity to thrive here. The team is behind him. Uh, the players certainly have a lot of confidence in him. So, so the vibe is good around him. Yep, no doubt. Mike, uh, what you got coming up for us on ESPN, and how could folks follow you on social media? 
Yeah, wrote about Jameis today, as we were just talking about. So you can go find that article. And uh, planning on doing something on Dennis Allen uh, next week. It'll be a little light after that. Something on sure. Sam Mills coming up before he heads into the Hall of Fame. But there you go. Uh, maybe even a little vacation time before we go all in for training. That would be nice. A lot sooner than uh, a lot sooner than it probably feels like this time of year. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you for your time, as always, Mike. Really appreciate it. And uh, uh, have a great vacation. I'm always looking for your stuff on ESPN. Thank you, Eric. Mike Mike Trippett. Again, at Mike Trippett on, on Twitter. Hey, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. AC goes down. I don't want you to get excited. I don't want you to get upset. I just want you to remember acpromise.com because Burkhardt will be there. Uh, they have a uh, Burkhardt employee answering the phone uh, during the day and at night. Uh, again, so after hours, they have after-hours service for you with technicians that are on call. And, of course, during the day, uh, just like during, uh, during the after-hours, 30-minute courtesy call, but they come to your home or your business only doing the work that's necessary. doesn't matter what type of system you have. They are authorized to service it. Go with a company you can trust. It's Burkhardt, acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. You're listening to Inside New Orleans, brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, uh, the Hideout Bar, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. All are open late. All are open for, uh, for lunch and dinner. Oceana open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Get out there and enjoy a cocktail and a great meal at one of the Oceana family of restaurants. We'll be right back. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in an authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we do it all. Whether it's a simple oil change, wheel alignment, preventive maintenance, brake repair, installation of a custom exhaust or suspension system. If you need repairs on climate control systems, cooling systems, electronic or electrical systems, we are the experts. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we are truly your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com to check out all the services we provide to our customers. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Delahousse at the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say, Eric? Hey, Mike, you know what my prescription medication and the TikTok Cafe have in common? What's that? They cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, dry mouth, ringing in the ears, depression. Oh, yeah, and suicidal thoughts. It's the TikTok Cafe. 
Causeway I-10 in Metairie. Dear Dad, this year we're making Father's Day extra special with the Untucket shirts that you love. Untucket has the styles that'll make your summer great, from wrinkle-free shirts to performance polos and more. They're designed to be worn untucked, so you can always feel sharp even at your most casual. Father's Day is June 19th. If you still need a gift, check out the new summer styles at Untucket.com or one of 80-plus Untucket stores. Use code DAD for 20% off your first purchase. Untucket shirts, designed to be worn untucked. At Boost Mobile, you get the power of the iPhone SE when you switch, which means the power to stream your favorite shows, download all the music, the power to FaceTime your ex. It's over. Stop calling me. On second thought, don't call your ex. Get an iPhone SE for just $19.99 when you switch. All on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Phone offer limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. 5G not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com for details. And stop calling your ex. She doesn't want to hear from you anymore. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Imagine this. You've been hurt in a car crash, but the insurance company only offers you pennies on the dollar for what you need for your injuries. You realize you should have called a lawyer, but how can you afford one now? At Dudley DeBosier, that call is free, and we are the only law firm in the state with the no-fee guarantee. That means you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2213578. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to thank Gary Smith, Fletcher Mackle, Ali Gassell, Mike Trillman for joining us on the program. Uh, also, Rudy back at Studio Producing. want to thank our title sponsors, the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and the Hideout Bar. All the sponsors sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor, sponsor our program. Just click on their icon. It takes you right to the website. Everything you need to know about our sponsors is right there. Thank you for supporting those sponsors. Thanks for those sponsors for supporting our program. Uh, Jordy Collada joins me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, right up straight up 6 at uh, WLAE-TV. Tomorrow is the William Grant Family Distillers Friday Extravaganza. Make sure you tune in for that at 4 o'clock. And coming up next, uh, Michael Green and Ken Trahan on the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour. It's been a blast, New Orleans. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow straight up 4 o'clock. My name is Eric Asher. From the dog kids to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go. People on